Welcome to Heads Up on Money, the heads up you need to make better financial choices. Hello, this is episode 25 of Heads Up on Money. Today we're covering investment fundamentals. Hello money nerds and welcome to episode 25 of Heads Up on Money. I hope you are all having a fabulous December and are looking forward to some time off over Christmas. It's always a busy time of year as you get everything wrapped up and close the doors on the current year. It's a busy time of year for me. I've got lots going on at the moment in terms of the regulated side of my business and the clients that I help on an ongoing basis. And similarly, I've got some things going on in personal life. We've got one of my family members is moving down to Edinburgh, so we've been really busy helping her with her move as well. So there's lots going on, but I have found the time to record this podcast when things are quiet. I'm hoping my cat Dusty does not make an appearance. So if you do hear anything, it's likely to be him that makes a surprise appearance on episode 25. So without further ado, let's get down to the bones of today's episode. What did I call it? It was investment fundamentals and the foundations that you need to be thinking about when you're ready to start out on your investment journey. Now, we're going to be covering three fundamental points today. I'll probably cover each of these in a bit more detail in future podcasts, but the headlines today is you need to know about three things. You've probably heard of these. If you're starting out in your investment journey, you'll have heard of them. If you are a disciplined and long-term investor, Inevitably, you will have all of these three things in your armory. So what are these three things? Well, first of all, we've got platforms. Second, we have got wrappers. And third, we have the investments. Okay, what are you talking about here, Benjamin? I'm going to go through each of these again in a fairly high-level summary just to let you see what are the kind of fundamental things that should be playing a part in your long-term investment journey and you will need each of these to succeed. So, starting off with platforms, what am I talking about here? So an investment platform is essentially an administration service. Think of this as a website, although more modernly they come in app format, and it allows you to have a holistic view of your portfolio, your investment strategy. There are many platforms out there. They all fundamentally broadly do the same thing. They each have different offerings, different charging structures, different investments that they offer to you. And there's merits to each of them. We're not going to go into that today, but fundamentally they all do the same thing. They provide a function whereby you can keep track of your investments. Now, this is good and bad because my advice to you would be Don't be keeping track of your investments. That seems silly. What are you talking about, Benjamin? Well, my argument here is if you're checking in on your investments on a daily basis, all that happens is it leads to anxiety. It leads to stress when things are not doing so well in the markets. So the best thing I say to my clients is we set them up on platforms, but typically I would rather you didn't use your login. Leave that to me. Because if you log in, you see it, and if you see it, you start to get apprehension. And the most damaging thing to your long-term wealth plan isn't investment returns, it isn't market highs, it isn't market lows, it is you, dear money nerds. You are the greatest risk to your long-term successful financial future. 
making irrational human decisions. So try and not log in to see these things on a daily basis is my wisdom that I'm trying to share with you in today's episode. But anyway, I get distracted as I often do. An investment platform effectively allows you to, as I said, consolidate your wealth, view your wealth holistically so that you log into a single interface and you can see how much you've got invested and in which wrappers they are invested in. Now, I'll get onto wrappers in a moment. Now, these platforms, as I said, offer different functionality, but broadly, they're all the same. They provide a simple interface so that you can have a view of your updated wealth, live, updated, real-time wealth, good and bad, as I've alluded to. They provide nice graphs on there. They provide you the ability to do portfolio valuations over certain time periods so you can see how has your portfolio done, You can run reports on there that you might want to pass to accountants, such as how much you've contributed, how much tax has been incurred within the portfolio. They're really great systems, and it's came on leaps and bounds over the last 15 years or so. The platform market is much more healthy. There's a lot of competitors out there, which means that costs have come down for end consumers. So you need a platform effectively if you're going to be looking after your long-term wealth. Now, sometimes you can't consolidate all of your wealth onto a platform because there might be certain benefits attached to some historic pensions or other products that may have tax traps that you need to be aware of. So it's just a word of caution here. This is not advice, people. And consolidating your wealth onto a platform is nice because it looks good. It's nice to have a full measure of what you've got invested. But you do need to be seeking financial advice if you've got lots of things all over the shop because there can be drawbacks to consolidating things. So platforms are great and it's it's really good for new investors who are starting out on their investment journey who don't have messy old products scattered around the place. Some clients that I work with who are closer to retirement age have lots of different policies accrued over their working careers. Each of those policies might have different tax benefits, different charging structures, different guarantees attached to the returns within those pots. So it's a real word of caution just to be careful. Don't consolidate things just for ease. It has to be the right thing for you financially. But let's assume you've done all the research there, you've spoken to a financial professional if required, and you've got things on a platform. So you've now got an ability where you can log into this platform, let's call it XYZ platform for argument's sake. But if you have a look online, there are a multitude of platforms out there that you can use. Some of these will be offered on a do-it-yourself basis whereby you as the money nerd have full discretion, full control over which funds you invest in, how much you pay into the platform. All the investment decisions effectively fall on your shoulders. Now for some people that might be suitable if you've got the time, the dedication and you can condition your human behaviour satisfactorily to do this. But for most people, they do need a bit of guidance and steering on this, which is where financial advice as professionals is where we we step in. Now, let's say you've got everything set up on your platform. Now, the next tier to this, as I mentioned at the start, is wrappers. So what am I talking about here? Well, wrapper effectively means the house, the box around where your investments are held. Now, depending upon the structure and the nature of these boxes, let's call them that, they each have different rules attached to them. So let's ignore what goes into the box to start with. 
let's instead paint the picture of a series of different boxes. And these boxes are called the terms that you will have heard of. Let's go for pension, an ISA, an individual savings account, and a GIA or a general investment account. Now, for the majority of people, these three wrappers will be more than sufficient to satisfy your long-term wealth creation needs. For those individuals who might have more complex tax circumstances, higher earnings, their exhausting allowances available to them, there may be some other products that get into the mix, such as VCTs, EISs, SEISs, structured products, all of these distractions that aren't really needed for the majority of people. Things like investment bonds, old-style investment bonds that are fraught with tax difficulties and nuances, and they're just a mess. So for most people, especially if you're starting out on your wealth creation journey, you just really need to be worrying about these three wrappers. They should be more than sufficient for your needs. So again, a pension, an ISA, and a general investment account. Now, as I mentioned, each of these wrappers or boxes have certain rules applicable to them. So an ISA has different rules to a pension, and a pension will have different rules to a general investment account. It's out with this episode to go into the intricacies of each of them, but it's things you'll have heard of. ISAs allow money to grow tax-free, and you can take money out of an ISA without any tax implications. Pension, they allow you to grow your money tax-free. You get tax relief on your contributions. But the caveat with pensions is sometimes you do have to pay tax when you take money out of them. And a general account is the least favourable from a taxation perspective and there's no tax exemptions applicable to that other than using your capital gains tax exemption within that general investment account. But there's no income tax exemptions, there's no inheritance tax exemptions as is applicable to pensions. So they've each got different rules. Don't be worrying about that in today's episode. We'll cover that in another one. But what you need to know is going back, you've got your platform, And within that platform, you will have different wrappers, each with different rules applicable to them. Now, within those wrappers, or as I've called them, boxes, you then need to decide what do you put within the box. And this is what will generate the long-term returns in your portfolio. A lot of people think about an ISA and they say, oh, my ISA is not doing very well at the moment, or I'm getting a poor return on my ISA. And That's not an accurate terminology because the ISA, as we've covered, is simply just the box that goes around the investments held within it. An ISA is just a wrapper, just like a pension, just like a general investment account. But what will determine your ability to achieve your long-term financial goals, what will determine your ability to outperform the terminator of wealth that is inflation, will be what you put in that box, the investments within it. Now again, this is a extensive subject, way beyond this podcast, this episode, I should say. We'll cover it in another episode. But fundamentally, what do you want to be putting into these wrappers? Now, my opinion, and it's not just my opinion, historical evidence has shown us that you are better diversifying what you invest in. And what I'm talking about here is not investing in single company shares. Some people inherit shares from uh, deceased family members or they might have shares granted to them through work. And all that does is it concentrates your risk in one area. You are placing your financial future on the fortunes of one single company. 
That is investment suicide. And it's a total false economy. So what I always say to my clients and the strategies that I put forward for my clients is I've got an internal suite of investment portfolios called smart wealth portfolios, and they are diversified across lots of companies. Now, this isn't just unique to me. Any good financial advisor or disciplined do-it-yourself investor should be doing this, spreading your risk across a multitude of companies, a multitude of sectors, lots of different geographies, different exposures to sectors and economies. Diversifying reduces your risk. That's obvious. But yet so many people fail to do it and they just think they can outperform the market and they know which way a company's going to perform and they've got a good feeling that ABC company's going to go up in value and they're going to pay really good dividends. Well, I don't have the ability to foresee that and I'm sorry to tell you, neither do you. So the best strategy, looking at things historically, as I've covered in other episodes, is you want to be investing with a good concentration in equity as an asset class. Equity is a long-term outperformer of inflation. But that's all very well, Benjamin. What do you mean by equity? What do I need to be investing in? So as I've said, you don't want to be looking at single company shares. You want to be looking at diversifying across funds. Now, funds are effectively an investment vehicle that pools your money with other investors and they spread it across hundreds, if not thousands of companies. So the funds that I use for my clients have spread across thousands of companies. So that means when one single company goes into liquidation, you don't even notice it. Whereas if you were investing your entire pension in that one company, if that goes kaput, you are screwed. So why would you run the risk? You want to be diversifying across a number of different strategies and equity funds are the greatest way to do this and generate wealth over the long term. Now, looking at what history has told us, there are different ways you can approach this and the two structures are called active management and passive management. Again, out with this introductory episode, but fundamentally active management means that fund managers are trying to outperform the market and history has told us that that rarely happens and it's the greatest fallacy in financial services is that this continues to happen. People still direct their money into these expensive, actively managed funds thinking that they're going to be outperforming the market. That just hasn't happened historically. History has told us there's a multitude of evidence on this. It's not just me on my soapbox that by diversifying across a lower cost passive investment strategy is the win out over the inflation over the long term. And what I'm talking about when I say a passive strategy in contrast to an active strategy means you're not betting on the direction of markets. You're not going overweight to a certain area because you think it's undervalued. Instead, you're just relying on the long-term functioning of capitalism and you are assuming that tomorrow will be better than today and markets will continue to rise and you will follow those market rises. And the benefit of this is you are much lower cost in terms of the investment funds costs. And there are few things we know as a certainty when it comes to investing. We don't know which way markets are going to perform, but we do have a measure and we do know what costs we're paying. So why on earth do so many people still pay three, four times as much for active managed funds that don't outperform passively managed funds? 
So taking a step back, the things you need to be thinking about, regardless of where you are on your personal wealth journey, whether you're starting out or whether you are mid to later term in the journey, is you need to have a platform. Within that platform, you need to have different wrappers. And within each of those wrappers, you need a suitable investment strategy. And for my clients, we really try not to overcomplicate this where we can, because these are just the financial plumbing that you set in place. The value comes in other aspects of financial planning. So we're talking about a relatively low cost and affordable platform that does everything you need it to, has an offering of different tax wrappers so that you can use these and blend these in your journey. And within those, you want to make sure you're investing in lower cost, passively managed funds that don't promise the earth and charge you a fortune for it. It really is as simple as that, folks. And there we have it. Investing Fundamentals 101. Three things, three strings to your bow, platforms, wrappers and investments within those wrappers. If you nail these three things down and you do it sensibly, as I've talked about, you really are ahead of the majority of investors out there. I'm not sure why in financial services we tend to think simplicity is a poor thing. We really, as an industry, love to overcomplicate things. And this is what leads individual investors out there, the money nerds who are keen to take charge of their financial future, to just not even start because it seems incredibly daunting. Well, if you nail the three things I've talked about in this podcast, you are, I promise you, doing a lot better than most people. So I hope you've enjoyed that one. If you can share this with a family member or a friend who are in their investment journey, I think they'll get a lot of value from it, particularly around the point of active managed funds and review what you are paying each month. It can be pretty sobering when you realise the outgoings. So without further ado, let's wrap up episode 25. Standard call out for me. If you're enjoying the show, please leave me a review. Let me know what you're thinking about it. Give me some suggestions for future episodes because whatever is bothering you, dear money nerd, I can guarantee you there will be other money nerds out there thinking the exact same thing. So reach out to me. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I've got the links in the show notes. So please give me a shout. And if you've enjoyed this one, do share it. It means a lot to me and helps spread the word for financial wisdom. Thanks again. I'll see you next week. Enjoy the rest of your week. Goodbye.